Movies That Molded Me is a movie ranking game show where each player chooses three movies from a genre, theme, or actor. Then we rate each movie from zero to five. The player whose movie gets the most points wins the game. And in the process, we create a list of the top five movies for each episode. These are the movies that molded me. Movies That Molded Me listeners, we are back with another episode. We just finished up our revenge movies, uh, and now we're going to be doing uh, the wonderful category of of coming-of-age films, uh, which, interestingly enough, we just talked about how there could be some crossover there. Not really anything I thought of, uh, but uh, hopefully uh, somebody has one of the movies that could be on their list from the revenge uh, uh, episode, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Omar did win revenge movies, uh, which I was surprised about because I put him dead last in hopes that he wouldn't win, but somehow he, he played a movie he with did. Jesse Eisenberg and got revenge on me and got first place. <laughs> <laughs> and you gave me a one on that movie too. Just think. <laughs> I think if you weren't trying to pad the score, it would have been much better. <laughs> I can't believe it. And, and and just to recap, Kill Bill, Omar and Elizabeth both gave it a one. I, I, I hate it. Chris, I still hate I, it. I, I feel oh, the same way about Ocean's 12, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, Ocean's 11 would have been a much better pick. But anyway, uh, we are not here to talk about revenge movies. Uh, Omar got his revenge. Good for you. Uh, we're here today to talk about coming of age films and it's going to be awesome. Omar, since you won, you get to decide who is going in what order. So what is our order today? I'm actually going to let Chris go first on this episode again, because <gasps> cause clearly it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I will go second only because Elizabeth, there's some movies on my list that I'm afraid that if I let you go before me, you would take. I will. So, and then, so, but then, so you can go after me those. And then that puts Dex in last. But as we saw in last episode, last can be first. I mean, I think that's, there's something in some book about that. Um, Isn't that biblical? <laughs> we were trying Possibly. to avoid that. It, it might be in the book of Eli. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I uh, yeah. So Dax, you do have you do still have a chance. You're saying there's a chance. So anyway, so yeah, Chris, you get to go first in, in this uh, coming of coming of age. Well, uh, I'm going to bring the fire right out of the bat, and I really hope that everyone has seen this movie because I it is. Not. <laughs> no, me either. Maybe, maybe. Uh, but this is my Hated favorite coming-of-age movie. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't even let me say it yet. Shut your face. <laughs> uh, this was a huge surprise to me. I saw. I used to go and do these screenings, uh, you know, here in town. Whenever they would have like, a, I guess, a showing before the movie came out, just to kind of get people's reaction, maybe get quotes from audiences and stuff. Um, and this was one of the movies that I saw. And a lot of times, these movies were not very good. Uh, but this one, I was pleasantly surprised about. Um, it's called The Way Way Back, and it is a 2013 coming-of-age movie written and directed by Nat Faxon and Jim Rash, uh, starring Steve Carell, Tony Collette, Allison Janney, Sam Rockwell, and Liam James. Uh, this movie is about a 14-year-old named Duncan who goes on vacation uh, with his mom and her 
awful boyfriend uh, and has trouble fitting in. Uh, he finds an unexpected friend in a water park manager who helps him gain confidence and find his voice. Um, the movie is extremely funny at times and also uh, extremely sad as Duncan's mom struggles to find her voice too. Uh, she ultimately is empowered by her son and makes the decision to choose a good relationship with him over her boyfriend. Um, it's really endearing. Allison Janney is so fucking funny in this movie. Tony Collette's great uh, as always um, her and Steve Carell's uh, chem- Well, I, I guess I should say anti-chemistry is really, really good. Um, it's, it's just a all around fantastic movie. Uh, Sam Rockwell is very funny in it as well. Um, I, I give the movie a five I, and I hope you've seen it. Uh, Omar, have you seen the way, way back? I'm sorry, Chris. I know we go way, way back, but um, I have not seen this movie. Um, 1.5. Sorry, we're starting off that way, but I'm glad I put put you first because like, you did not pick any of the movies I would have picked. That's for sure. I have not seen this. <laughs> uh, Elizabeth, have you seen it? I have not. Even All though it has right. Steve Carell, it is now on my to-be-watched list. It's really good. Steve Carell plays such a douchebag, uh, and he's so convincing at it. So I, I highly recommend it. Um, Dax, what do you think about The Way, Way Back? Absolutely. I've seen this movie. This was when it came out. Uh, I always kind of have a couple movies that anyone that says, hey, what have you seen this year? What have you seen recently? Or even just comes over to the house and says, hey, let's put on a movie that I've got two or three kind of always on the ready to show someone so i watched this with with my dad with my mom with some of my best friends with uh uh significant others with kids i've put this on a bunch of times uh it's been on repeat in my house since it came out um i think that steve Carell's interesting and he's really kind of what sold the movie in the trailer there's a opening real early scene where uh he's talking to his soon to be hopefully his new stepson and says, you know, how do you rank yourself on a scale of one to 10 is like attractiveness essentially. And he's, I don't know. I don't, I'm a kid. I'm not thinking about that. And he goes, I think you're a six. And he's like, I think you could do better. It's about attitude, son. Like, and he's like, he called me a six. Like who does that to a, like a little 13, 14 year old kid, like going through the, one of the most difficult times in your life. Um, uh, I love uh, um, kind of the whole cast. Uh, Jim Rash uh, is in this movie, and Matt Faxon as well. Uh, they were really famous at this point because they had just wrote The Descendants, the uh, uh, George Clooney movie, and got a lot of Oscar attention. Um, uh, they know how to write a dramatic comedy that we always talk about is the movies that don't get made anymore. Uh, and this is on that list. I mean, this would have been, you know, in the conversation if it came out in the seventies with the movies like the big chill and things like that, where it's an adult comedy. Um, but it starts this little kid and he pulls in this like really great performance. He kind of came out of nowhere and I don't think I've really seen him in much since, but, uh, yeah, this movie's so fun set in a water park, which is really fun set on like kind of a, uh, I think it's, I don't remember exactly where it is. It seems like a Northeast small town, kind of island town. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, just there's nothing I can say negative about this movie. Uh, I started in the last episode of uh, 
mentioning if it makes it on my all-time list. And so this is 226. At some point, we're going to get enough episodes in that the listeners will be able to make my list up but with all the movies we talk about uh they'll be asking to film the whole thing. i need 224 what's 224 uh, uh so yeah i give it i give it a five out of five i love this movie yeah all right so the way way back is gonna get a 13 uh, out of 20 on the gray scale all right not too good but that's okay um i really hope if you have not seen it's it not that you make sure to watch it you, it's, it's, not you, it's not a nine. It's not a nine. Elizabeth, you will love this movie. It has so much heart. It's really sweet. Yeah. And you will laugh the entire time. Uh, the whole movie is really good. But Sam Rockwell is pulling in an all-time Sam Rockwell performance. Uh, everything that you love about him in Iron Man 2 that is awful as far as like Iron Man 2 goes, he's doing it to perfection in this. And his significant other in the movie is played by Maya Rudolph. And yes. Oh, their chemistry Maya. together is so sweet and funny and sad and all of the things that you want out of a really good movie. So I can't, I cannot recommend going and finding this movie enough. It will make you, it will make you, you'll have a better day if you watch this movie uh, for sure. Um, I don't see it um, anywhere streaming right now, but it's rentable all the places like iTunes and prime and voodoo and stuff like that. And well worth it for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's going to bring us to Omar. Uh, what is your uh, movie that you're going to play for this uh, coming of age show today? Man, I was so confident of which movie I was going to pick first. I have it pulled up on, on IMDb and everything. But as you were talking, a few other movies came to mind that are great and probably like better, but we've played before. And so then I'm like, man, if I play this movie, I mean, how redundant can we be talking about that? X number of times. Anyway, so with that being said, I am going to go with uh, Juno. I'm playing, I'm playing Juno as my number three. And that's why I'm going before you, babe. In 2007, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, this has um, what was Ellen Page at the time, now Elliot Page, uh, Michael Sarah, Jennifer Gardner, uh, Jason Bateman. Uh, J.K. Simmons. There's like uh, it's it's great. Um, just listing off that cast, you can kind of feel what type of comedy it's gonna be. Like awkward, uh, sort of like coming of age. Um, it's about you know this young girl who gets uh, unplanned pregnancy while she's still in high school. Um, you know, wants to have the kid and allowed to be adopted by Jason Bateman and Jennifer Gardner, um, which that's just a really, uh, funny couple. Like, it's just like, a. it just seemed when the characters get those, that couple gets introduced into the movie. Um, it's almost like it ups the funny quite a bit more than you're expecting. Um, but I, I love Jason Bateman. Um, Michael Sarah could be in like, he could just, his career could just be, coming of age movies for young for a young boy you know like as i look at <laughs> i look at the list of like all the stuff he's been in i could have picked like you know a handful of others um i picked this because um also like i think uh this is elliot pages uh you know one of her first real uh strong lead performance type weird indie movie things that like people just talked about forever uh, we own this movie um it's lighthearted, but talks about some pretty serious stuff. So, um, I, I give it, 
4.5. All right. Um, Omar gives Judo a 4.5. This is also on my list. It's a great movie, and I figured somebody might try to play it. It's it's lower down on my list, but it's you know uh, written by Diablo Cody, directed by Jason Reitman. Um, right. Allison Janney is also in this movie, mm-hmm. um, and she's so funny. Uh, and uh, what, what's the what's the little sister's name? It's something stupid like Liberty uh, Bell. Liberty Bell. <laughs> That's right. God, yes. yes. L- Liberty so Bell, funny. if you put another one of those Bacos on that <laughs> potato. <laughs> yeah, just stupid shit like that. The The score is really cool. Yes. I say score, the, yeah, the soundtrack. The uh, there's awesome. a bunch of like really, yeah. yeah, there's a bunch of like really just random and off the wall obscure groups on here. The Moldy Peaches and um, all that stuff. It's, it's really good. Um, you know, the movie really shows Juno's struggle of being a kid herself, but also about to bring somebody to the world. She has to make the, de- the decision whether or not she's going to abort it. What's she going to do with it? She decides that she wants to to give birth, um, you know, and the, the, the funny thing is, is that the people that are planning on adopting it are no more sure of themselves than she is, right. you know, like yeah. uh, Jason Bateman and Jennifer Garner uh, are obviously in a troubled marriage where Jason Bateman doesn't really, I mean, he's a child. He's still like wanting to be cool in front of Juno. It's so weird and, and actually a little creepy at times. Um, and he does a good job of playing that part. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I really like the movie. I think it's really good. Um, and uh, anyway, I would give it a 4.5 out of five. Uh, Elizabeth, you said this was on your list too. It is. It is. I saw this one in theaters uh, back when I worked in Santa Fe. And when I told my friend Annette that I was going, uh, my uh, the lady I was uh, working for wanted to come with me. And Danette's like, you're taking her to see that movie? I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we both really loved it. It was a great, great movie. Um Elliot Ellen Page was nominated for Best Actress in a Leading Role um, from this movie and at the Oscars. I I thought it was a refreshing. Um, it felt refreshing for the for the time that it came out. Um, there weren't a lot of movies like this where it, I didn't feel like anyway. There were movies that at that time that were being so incredibly real with teenagers growing up at that time. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong, but I really love this movie as well. And I'm going to give it a five because I really liked this movie and it was on my list. All right. Uh, Elizabeth gives uh, Juno a five. Sorry, babe. Uh, Omar, just to clarify, you got it. You gave it 4.5. Is that correct, Omar? I want to be clear. Yes. Me and you get the same score. Gotcha. And um, Dax, what do you think about Juno? Uh, This was a really kind of, it was one of the really early kind of indie darling movies that took over uh, the box office for weeks and weeks. And it came out really small in limited indie theaters and then eventually was big wide release. Everybody saw it this year. If you didn't see it this year, you didn't have something to talk about at every dinner party you went to because it was kind of uh, it hit all demographics. It hit teens. It hit, you know males females everybody because almost everyone can relate to some person or element in the story whether it be your daughter got pregnant your girlfriend got pregnant uh 
you're trying to adopt, you're trying to have a kid, you're trying to be a teenager. There's so many relatable elements to this movie. Um, Diablo Cody, really interesting story. Her story is great. Go look up her story. She's written books. She's a really interesting person. Uh, love Jason Reitman, um, son of Ivan Reitman. And he has continued to make really funny movies while still being smart and really about something. Uh, Jason Bateman is a failed rock star from the grunge period, the kind of punk grunge. Always wanted to be that and uh, and never got to. And then in turn got married to Jennifer Garner uh, and settled down. And they have had an unspoken in the movie struggle with, should we have a kid, should we not? If he has a kid, it represents the loss of his dream. And if she has a kid, it means she's finally fulfilling her dream of being a mother. Uh, it is a really heartbreaking movie. Uh, it won uh, Best Original Screenplay for Diablo Cody at the Oscars. Uh, got a couple more nominations as well. Um, currently streaming on Stars. Uh, this is a really good movie. Uh, I have it at a 3.5. Only a 3.5? <laughs> Yeah, I was going to ask you if this makes your uh, your top 500 list or whatever in what place it was, but I'm guessing with a 3.5, it does not. It does not. All right. Uh, that means that Juno is going to get 17.5 points out of 20 on the grayscale. That's a really, really strong opening there, Omar. I feel both good and bad about it at the same time because uh, yeah, I, I figured it was on Elizabeth's list, um, but it's it's a really good movie. Like it's it's on mine too, so that's why I had to go before you, babe. So, what's your number one though? Choice. <laughs> okay, well, I have to figure this out now because <laughs> I've already talked about this movie in a previous episode. I know, but I'm going to play that's it fine. anyway. Yeah. 1989's The Dead Poet Society. I, this movie is, so there's a, the maverick teacher, John Keating, uses poetry to embolden his boarding school students to new heights of self-expression. Starring Robin Williams, Robert Sean Leonard, who is Dr. James Wilson on House. It was the younger self. Ethan Hawke and Josh Charles and others, um, among others, um, this one won an Oscar for Best Writing uh, for Screenplay. I, th- I think coming-of-age movies in general can be categorized as either tear-jerkers or absolutely hilariously funny. And this one would go in the tear-jerker ca- category, I think. Um, I remember watching it, and it, the first time I watched it, it was very sobering i guess and just you end up crying through it because some people just don't make it through high school right (laughs) um but i i love uh robin williams loved him love him and um yeah it it's captain my captain oh captain my captain what more can you say so yeah love the movie give me it a five all right so elizabeth is giving dead poet society a five uh I, I really like this movie as well. I think that, you know, as a teacher, uh, it's something that's very inspiring to see this kind of a uh, relationship that you can develop with your students, uh, like, uh, Mr. Keating does with, with his, um, his group of boys there. Um, and the fact that they get so excited and engaged 
about the topic that they go and create their own little club where they can discuss these things. That's like every teacher's dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so you find yourself, or at least I've found myself going, how do I, you know, obviously it's a movie, but like, how do I try to engage my students on some sort of, you know, similar level? Uh, and y- you really do try to embody Mr. Keating uh, as your, uh, you know, a teacher with these students. But um I think Robin Williams, you know, this is one of those movies where he he plays a serious role. It's also funny. You know, he's up on the desk and he's making jokes and stuff, but it's not your typical Robin Williams. I'm a comedian kind of role. Yeah. Uh, And it just really showcases what range that man had as an actor. And, you know, on on the Robin Williams uh, episode that we did, um, you know, I, I think we talked about how he's just no matter what he's in you relate to him on a different level than you would with, you know, I don't know. Uh, I think Mr. Holland's Opus is a great movie. Uh, and I think that, um, you know, it has great acting, but I don't connect with that character like I do with Robin Williams' character in this movie. Exactly. Um, it, it's it's great. It's a, it's a really good movie. Um, and I couldn't give it any less than a four uh, on the Grayfield. I think it's wonderful. Um, Omar, what do you think about Dead Poets Society? I think it's a, Good movie. Great movie. Everything you guys said I would agree with. Um, I don't know. It's not my favorite Robin Williams movie, but I think, you know, he definitely makes the movie. I, I feel like uh, as much as it is a serious sort of like uh, tearjerker sort of feel of a movie, there are like a lot of like really bright spots, you know, like like the, the tears that are jerking are like almost happy tears sort of thing. So um, I... I I can give it less than a four, four, I guess. I'm going to go 3.5. 3.7. 3, 3, 3.7. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> so generous. Okay. Thank you, babe. You're Just welcome. My heart. Hooray. You're welcome. Hooray for arbitrary <laughs> points. Uh, <laughs> you better give it a point three so it evens out. I, I, I would if Don't I could justify why I'm giving a point three as opposed to a point five. I, I couldn't I couldn't do that to myself. Uh Anyway, Dead Poets Society, uh, definitely one of those movies that's just on in your life growing up if you have any sort of like cable at all. It's just as on throughout the year. Um, but partially because of that, I probably have only seen it start to finish twice. Because it's always on, you don't go rent it. You know, you don't sit right. and digest it. It was not a movie we ever owned. Um, I know I did sit down and watch it from start to finish at some point. Uh, I think I actually rented it uh, to make sure I did see it from beginning to end. And I saw the unedited version and, you know, all of that. Because there are some, you know, darker elements and things like that in the movie. Even though it being a PG movie, I think that it's it may have even just been edited for time a little bit uh, for TV. So uh, I have watched it. Um, it didn't mold me. Uh I think the acting is good. I'm a huge fan of Robert Sean Leonard in a bunch of things from the early 80s forward. Uh, he's in one of my very favorite horror comedies of all time, uh, My Best Friend's a Vampire, which uh, is, uh, you, if you saw the box, you'd be like, oh, I remember that box, but you probably didn't see the movie. Uh, <laughs> and then, of, of course, Ethan Hawke is, is he's Ethan Hawke. I mean, he's one of the, one of the best actors ever. Uh, 
and Robin Williams is he's doing a good job in this, and uh, everyone is a hundred percent trying their best to make a really great movie. I find it a little bit hokey from time to time, uh, not quite at the level of like a Hallmark movie, but if it, it it's a it's a movie that could have been a Hallmark movie and would have been a lesser cast, a lesser screenplay, a lesser direction, and it's still been a really great Hallmark movie. It would have been one of the best Hallmark movies of all time. Um, thankfully, it's better than that. Thankfully, people have seen it, but it is not my uh, Robin Williams best ever, so I'm going to stick with 3.5 as well. All right. Uh, Dax has given Dead Poets Society a 3.5, which means... Uh, that it is going to end up with a 16.2 on the grayscale. It's actually Not pretty bad. strong. So Not that bad. means yeah. uh, that it's currently in second place behind Juno, uh, followed by The Way, Way Back, which I think this is probably the last time we'll get to mention that one. Uh, Dax, what is your movie that you're going to play right now? Uh, I'm really going to lean into the movies that molded me uh, part of this and not in the uh, what do I think are the most ultimate coming of age movies. So uh, I have a secondary list uh, that I know we'll talk about in bonus content of what I think are actually the most influential coming of age. Um, And some of mine are going to be significantly more recent as well. So uh, we're going to start with 2019's Little Women. Uh, Directed, directed by Greta Gerwig. Um, And I'm, I I should have had the uh, cast list pulled up because there are so many people in this movie that it will blow your mind if you haven't seen it. Uh, Saoirse Ronan. My mind is already blown. Florence Pugh, (laughs) Laura Dern, Timothy Chalamet, Tracy Letts, Bob Odenkirk. I mean, Chris Cooper, Meryl Streep. Uh, This cast is great. Greta Gerwig wrote and directed it. It is an adaptation, update, uh, kind of reinterpretation of uh, the Louisa May Alcott novel. Um, One of the most read and discussed and written about authors and books of all time. Um, It stars a group of... uh, Four girls growing up in the March house. Um, sisters. In, uh, do what? Sisters. Yes, three, three sisters. Four. Um, four. I said four the first time, and then I got lost, and I said three, and now I'm lost completely. <laughs> Is it two? It's four. <laughs> it's four, four, and then becomes three. If that matters. I, 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 I think most of us Spoiler are Spoiler alert. Most of us are lost, <laughs> if, it mat- if that matters. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Sorry, Dax. <laughs> it's okay. It's 14 brothers and sisters. Uh, no. <laughs> um, the Waltons. So the, the, yeah. Uh, the uh, father is away serving in the Civil War. Um, and essentially it's these four daughters, sisters, uh, Joe, Meg, Amy, and Beth, that are trying to navigate their lives, um, love um, each other, um, growing up without their father, um, in a time where women marry for money, when they don't have real jobs, when they are, um, their status is based on who they're married to, who they know, um, or how much money they were born into. And that is the only two ways to be successful in life as a woman in this period. Um, 
Joe, played by Sorcerer Ronan, is the outcast of the family. Although she's beloved, she is the one that's pushing back against society the hardest. Um, she's a writer, an author, wants to write stories, wants to make her own way, not just follow in the footsteps of everyone around her trying to get married. Um, Florence Pugh in really a fantastic performance uh, as Amy uh, is following around Joe all the time, wants to be her, her sister, knows that uh, she's kind of the one that the person that she likes is after and is struggling with the balance of who's what, am I going to get married to this person? Am I going to be my sister? Am I going to whatever? It's just, there's a lot of give and take. Um, the direction and writing of this movie is what makes it so great. Um, Greta Gerwig is the uh, going to become a voice of our generation. Um, I think everyone should see this movie. Uh, it's streaming on stars. If you're at my house, we own it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'd go watch this movie. Um, nominated for Oscars and all of the things. I mean, it's, uh, it's been adapted a couple, uh, a couple different times. Uh, and, but to me, this is one of the best ones. And to get a coming of age story from a different period of time, I think is really important because, uh, although it's a completely different period of time in American history, it is absolutely a hundred percent relatable. And especially for, people that have daughters or um, uh, are just interested in the culture and being a woman and what it's like to grow up being a woman. This is a very entertaining uh, look at what that can look like for certain people. And I absolutely love this movie uh, on my list. It is uh, my 69th favorite movie of all time. Wow. Wow. All right. And what would you give it? I'm going to give it a five. All right, uh, Omar. Have you seen Little Women? No. Um, just just in Willow, there were some Little Women. That was a pretty good. That was a pretty good movie. If I just listened to a fifteen minute fucking TED talk on that, then I wouldn't be asleep right now. <laughs> oh shit! Shots fired. Damn. Okay. All right. Uh, Dax, do you have any response to that shade that was just thrown at you? Oh, no, I think that Omar's happy to make himself look as stupid as he wants to. Oh, shit! Uh, (laughs) Elizabeth, have you seen Little Women? I have not seen this version of Little Women. I have, however, seen the book, read the book. Holy fuck, you know what that means? That means that Dax is going to get our very first six points (laughs) because he's the only one that's seen the movie, meaning... That Little Women is going to get an 11 on the grayscale. Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you what, listeners, shots fired here. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully that won't put a damper on the on the rest of this game. Maybe we should have, like, this is a coming of age. Maybe we should have, like, some sort of kumbaya moment before we go into round two. I don't know. I mean, I don't think it was that big of a deal. I mean, I could handle it when no. everybody gave me shit about Book of Vila, so I think. Dax, uh, he's a he's a big boy. I think he can handle my opinions. Yeah, I don't. I don't oh my goodness. My feeling, my feeling, my feelings are not hurt that I'm cultured in any way. Oh my Ooh. god! Okay, damn. So, fired back. So, so, says the white guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, culture. Just just look at it, how cultured he is. <laughs>
All right, that's going to bring us to round two. Uh, but but let me let me recap here. Okay, so we've got uh, we've got the way way back that I played. It only got thirteen points on the grayscale. Uh, Juno was played by Omar. So far, it's in the lead with seventeen point five points. Uh, Dead Poet Society has sixteen point two, and then Little Women with eleven. Uh, round two, I'm up. Man, this is tough. I've got a couple of movies here that I really want to play and make sure that they get on this <laughs> list. And I'd like to be the one that plays them. However, I don't know. I, I There's one that I know for a fact that's been played on movies that molded me before that would get a pretty decent score from at least two of the other people right? here. But we've already talked about it. So I kind of want to do something different here. I'm doing the th- same thing. I'm thinking the same thing. <laughs> I'm going to go with 1988's Big. Oh. It's a movie directed by Penny Marshall, <laughs> starring Tom Hanks, Elizabeth Perkins, John Hurt, and Jared Rustin. Uh, after being humiliated in front of a girl for being too short to ride a ride at the carnival, uh, little Josh Baskin makes a wish to be big at a Zoltar machine, which grants him the wish before he notices the machine is unplugged. He wakes up the next morning in an adult's body, but he still has the same personality. With the help of his best friend, Billy, Josh learns how to act like a grown-up, but as he gets a girlfriend and a fun job, he does not want to be a kid again. Uh, it is a very, very fun movie. Uh, very well acted. Tom Hanks is great in this. It's the first time I remember seeing Tom Hanks as a kid. Um, I watched this movie on repeat. I don't know how many times, uh, it's, you know, Elizabeth Perkins is great in it. Uh, she went on to, do, um, uh, a really great role in the, in the TV show weeds, but, uh, you know, I don't really remember her being in too much else, but she's really great. Um, it's, it's so much fun. I would give this movie a five out of five on the grayscale. Um, Omar, what do you think about Big? Big's a great movie. I love Tom Hanks. Um, I mean, the Zotar machine, the whole like being like first time I ever went to New York City, I had to go to FAO Schwartz and, and see like the giant uh, piano that you can dance on or whatever that, that big scene. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It's very iconic. It's like a kid getting to do all the things he ever wanted to do because he's in a grown-up's body, which, I mean, some of that's a little bit um, interesting to talk about nowadays, but, uh, and then vice versa, where, like, you know, the, the uh, yeah, it's a great movie. I, uh, I would give it a 4.5 as well. All right. Uh, Elizabeth, have you seen Big? I've seen Big. I've seen Big. I think it's weird that he has sex <laughs> with somebody and he's a kid. <laughs> now, wait a minute. That's, how do you know they had sex? because the camera goes <laughs> down and they go down and then they look the afterglow in the next scene. I All right, but know. she doesn't realize he's a kid though. I get she doesn't that. she thinks and she's I an adult. I feel bad for her. I feel bad for her. She falls and for a kid. She falls for Every 12 or 13 year old boy knows that in that situation they're going to have sex with that woman. Uh, right. <laughs> and I feel bad for the woman, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> she realizes she had sex with a 12 year old how do you come back from that <laughs> yeah, but, but not really he's in an adult's body maybe mentally <laughs> there's a lot of, there's that? a lot of adult women that have sex with men with 12 exactly. year old personalities i feel he's given divorce <laughs> oh man anyway so um, you think it's weird but did you like it i mean it was okay it was okay. Um, oh my god! Yeah, it's it's only getting a three point five for me, Chris. I oh wait, this was 
Yeah, this is your movie. Yeah, three point five. Sorry. Yeah. It, but, but, so if but, it were but, someone else's movie, you give it higher. Yeah, but <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but also I did want to say that was one of my, the first Tom Hanks movies that I saw. Also, so, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dax, what do you think about Big? Uh, I th- I feel like everyone in our generation has to have seen this movie at some point. If you don't, you know everything about it. You know all the references. Uh, Tom Hanks really is like he's doing a lot of things. He was in Bosom Buddies before this. Like he's a he's a star, but he's a movie star at this point. He is the lead in a movie, and he is doing something that is transformative, where he's playing a child, and you believe he's a child in this body of this grown man. Uh, and I don't know that there's anyone else that could pull this off. Everyone says Michael Keaton or Tom Hanks for many, many years. Uh, Michael Keaton doesn't pull this off. And I love both of them, but this is a Tom Hanks movie. A hundred percent. It gives you all the feels. I mean, all these coming of age movies are going to give us a little bit of a heartstrings tug. Uh, I don't have a tearjerker moment. Exactly, I don't think. But the moment when, uh, you know, spoilers at the end, he goes back to his original body. He chooses to go back and be a kid and grow up, even though he's figured out adulthood in a way that most people don't ever. Uh, and I will say my argument for uh, for the, uh, the in scene in question that is that is quite awkward. Uh, I, I think I think the idea in it is that that this kid is more of a man than anyone else in her life. And that yeah. that's kind of the, that's the sentiment that they're trying to give off. It's not, it, and it, that's it, does, sad. It, it is sad, but it's also a reality of, of humanity. And that uh, really, I think we lose, we get to a certain point in our life. We want to be an adult so bad around 15, 16, 18. We want to be an adult. And then we're an adult kind of in college in our early twenties and then at some point you pay all your bills and maybe you have fa- family members pass and you go through some heartache and some breakups and some life and you don't really want to be an adult anymore, but you've become jaded and cynical and you lose that childlike element. And I try as much as I can every day to bring that back, not take myself too seriously, um, have some fun, uh, take some shit, give some shit to Omar I think all of that stuff is very childlike. I, I really do. I honestly, I appreciate that. It's good for the soul. Yeah. It's, I think it's fun. I think it's great. I, it's, it's a lunchroom table conversation, you know? And so, uh, I love this movie. It's for sure. A five. Uh, I'll tell you it's three eighty seven. Yes. Three eighty seven. It's number three eighty seven. Three eighty seven, And, uh, it could be higher, uh, if I put it in cultural relevancy, but for just my taste, I, that's where it lands for me. So, great movie, though. Shimmy, shimmy, Coco Pop, shimmy, shimmy, rock. My movie now has an 18 on the grayscale. I'm so stoked. It is insane. Man, this is a great movie. And surely everyone's seen it. But if not, freaking go see this. It's yeah. like, it's my favorite Tom Hanks movie. We have uh, it and on that's DVD. saying a lot. Yeah, good. <laughs> it's iconic, for sure. It, certainly. Oh. I mean, we could probably talk about it for a lot more. It's quotable too. There's, you know, uh, there's so much, uh, go, anyway, go see it. Um, all right. That's going to bring us to Omar. Uh, what is your next movie? All right. Uh, I wonder where this is going to land with everybody. Um, I think at least I know one person's going to like it. Uh, 
and it's because we own it. It's uh, School of Rock. Uh, oh, phew. okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is a 2003 movie, Jack Black, um, directed or written, I should say, by Mike White, which is interesting because like hearing some of the stories over the years, because it's a little bit over a movie at this point, um, going on 18 years now, gee whiz. Uh, That's crazy. Right? But, uh, like, yeah, that, like, basically, uh, Mike White wrote this script for Jack Black. It was like, just, it was like perfect for him. Nobody else could have played his role. It's like, uh, you know, being, uh, after being kicked out of his band, uh, Dewey Finn becomes a substitute teacher <laughs> in an uh, uptight elementary <laughs> private school, um, only to turn his class into a rock band. Um, and so it's definitely a coming of age movie because you have all these kind of awkward kids in this private school that, you know, this substitute teacher who knows nothing about school, like at all, he's a complete rebel. He's like the iconic, like rocker you know, like he's about to lose his apartment so he has to get a job substitute teaching <laughs> and uh so but he's like taking all these like kids who might be uh outcast maybe in societies or just kind of like look down upon and finds basically like all these gems like diamonds in the rough sort of thing um teaches them uh basically they're already already talented but basically just teaches them how to embrace who they are be more confident in who they are and then and enters them into like a, a rock competition to compete against the band that kicked them out, you know, and writes this, writes this <laughs> epic rock ballad that they all just like nail. That's all like ACDC remnant, reminiscent. So, um, yeah, I, I love this movie. I, I love Jack Black. I mean, I think this is Jack Black's like, in my opinion, one of his best movies because captures just all of him. Um, there's some really funny scenes in it. And it's one of those things that makes like the way it, it leaves you after the last scene just uh, on this like emotional high. Like I, that's for me, a lot of times in movies, the ending is everything. And so um, I think that it did a great job. I give it a five. All right. Omar is giving school of rock a five. How's um, that for culture bitches? <laughs> <laughs> well, all I have to say about this is that you're not hardcore. Unless, unless you live, live hardcore. hardcore. <laughs> Legend of the rent. So we hardcore. <laughs> Uh, this is a fantastic movie. It's a feel-good movie. It's funny. Jack Black nails the performance in it. His rapport with the kids, like you can tell he must have spent some time with them, getting to know them and stuff, because you know, child actors, they're usually they they usually suck, but these kids are pretty they're good. They're all actually musicians <laughs> um, too, which is yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely really you know, and uh and they're they're actually really talented. Um, unfortunately I read like maybe like a month ago that the drummer kid died in a car accident is a pretty, oh, pretty man. big bummer. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, the, some of these kids went on to have huge careers, um, and, and most of them didn't, you know, and that's the way the things go. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, Sarah Silverman and, yes. uh, and Dewey's roommate, they're very funny in this, uh, Joan Cusack. Yes. Is, this is one of my favorite performances of her. Like when she's playing the principal and, and, and he takes her to the to dinner. bar or whatever yes. and she gets drunk and then they start singing that Stevie Nicks song or whatever. Oh like gosh. it's so fucking funny, you know, and then she's all like telling her, you know, what she really wants to say to him. And, and there's that weird relationship. It's just that was so an important funny. scene too, really, if you think about it. Yeah, yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I don't know. I, 
I really do love this movie. I think it's so much fun and it's great. And uh, the, the the songs are really good. They're fun. Uh, they're totally like songs that kids would write too, you know? Um, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I really like it. I would give it a four on the grayscale. It's a good, it's a great movie. Um, Elizabeth, what do you think about School of Rock? I love it. I, you already stole what I was going to say about Sil- Sarah Silverman and being the uh, the roommate's fiance i guess she's got to stick up her ass the whole time and it's not a normal sarah silverman role which i think is really funny and joan cusack is i i think the woman's brilliant personally i love her same and in and her role as the principal is so funny (laughs) so funny i absolutely love it um just like (laughs) she's great she's great (laughs) so i'm giving this one a 4.5 all right, Dax, uh, break our hearts. What do you think about School tell, of Rock? Tell us how unco- uh, we're all uncultured swine, and we ruin we ruin cinema. Uh, this is a weird one. I saw this for the first time on an airplane, uh, which wow. is n- not the ideal screening for uh, any movie. Uh, uh, came out the year I graduated. Uh, it's really fun. It's a sweet movie. It's got a lot of heart, uh, a lot of music. Um, it's on the list that we we're, we've talked about doing musicals as a genre. We've also talked about movies with music as like a prime thing. This would be prime uh, movies with music. Uh, uh, Jack is really cute. He's really sweet. You like him with these kids. Uh, before this, he's kind of a kind of an edgier comedian, and this showed a lot of his softer side. Um, uh, and Joan Cusack's great. I mean, everyone loves Joan Cusack. Uh, she's so weird and quirky and one of a kind. Um, I love Mike White. Mike White wrote one of my very favorite movies of all time called The Good Girl. Uh, he's a really interesting guy. And he's actually in this movie. Uh, as it was the brother or brother-in-law, whatever it is. I forget exactly his the relationship. It's a, a little bit to me of... Uh, I know it's marketed as a family film. Uh, there are moments in it that I feel like are more of a kid's movie element to it, like a young adult teenager sort of thing. Uh, so it missed me a little bit. If I had probably seen this at 12, it would have been my favorite movie of that year. Uh, I think it's still great. I think everyone should watch it. I think it's really fun. And it's Richard Linklater. I mean, anything Richard Linklater do does is worth watching, even as a social experiment, even if it's not a great movie, it's always worth watching. Uh, it didn't mold me. There are a couple elements I don't uh, connect to. I have a 3.5. All right. Uh, School of Rock getting a 3.5 from Dax means that the overall score is a very good one. Uh, it has 17 out of 20 Ooh, points still behind on the grayscale. That's true. And I, well, I don't know. Your movie is uh, your other movie Juno is at 17.5, so it's right yeah. there. Uh I wonder if this is the last time that Linklater will be brought up on this list. We'll see. Uh all right, so that's going to bring us to Elizabeth's uh, movie. Elizabeth, what do you got? Okay. So I'm I'm probably committing game suicide, but that's okay. Um because so many of these movies we've talked about already, like there's a lot of these movies we've played on the show before, and I could pick so many of them because <laughs> I love coming-of-age movies is what I'm realizing as I've been preparing for this episode. But I'm going to pull out the 2009 movie called Whip It, starring 
then Ellen, now Elliot Page, Drew Barrymore, Kristen Wiig, Jimmy Fallon, Marcia Gay Harden. Um, we own this one too, so... Yep, you're welcome, babe. I didn't play this one for you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. You got the other one. Yeah, right. Anyway. I got one of them. I got one of them. <laughs> this one, so it's set in Bodine, Texas. There's an indie rock-loving misfit... Uh, played by Elliot Page, finds a way of dealing with the small town misery after discovering a roller derby league in nearby Austin, Texas. And that's where she meets Kristen Wiig, who Kristen Wiig's character in, uh, has her join the team and she becomes a uh, roller derby champion. And she goes from trying to be a debutante for her mother to being the MVP of the roller derby for that year. Um, it's, I really like this movie because of the misfit side of things. I could really identify with the lead character. Um, can't remember the character's name, but um, just how awkward she is and wanting Bliss. to... Bliss. That's right, Bliss. Uh, how awkward she is. She wants to please her mom, but she really doesn't want anything to do with her mom's life or her, the idea of what her mom wants her to be. She really just wants to be herself. And her dad steps up, steps up and like steps up for her. And that just is a cool element. And then too, in the process, there's a love interest and that whole relationship as it's played out in the movie gets me every time I was telling I had my best friend watch this movie with me um, not that long ago and I said if you ever want to know what one of my boyfriends was like that guy right there he was like my second boyfriend like everything about him <laughs> including <laughs> the way the relationship played out I'm like that's that was him <laughs> um, so anyway I, I just think it's a great movie it's very empowering for uh, I think I found it very empowering girls just finding out who they are and being who they are without the help of or, or without the needing to have anybody else define them so anyway yeah i loved it and jimmy fallon's character is also yeah very funny he slips in there <laughs> all right uh what do you give whip it on the grayscale oh right five okay elizabeth gives it a five my wife talked about this movie all the time and i never ended up what? watching it fuck you chris oh. <laughs> i've never seen whip it's, it it's on hulu um, right now you can go watch it for free on hulu this one also has drew barrymore right yes, yes. she it was one of her directorial debuts she yeah she directed that's right it. it's on my list of things that i need to watch uh so i will end up watching it at some point but unfortunately right now for me it's gonna get a 1.5 my wife loves it too so uh, i'm sure it's great thank you uh, omar what do you think about whip it <laughs> <laughs> yes chelsea uh yeah i i think it's a great movie we own it i've watched it a handful of times it's uh got some rewatchability to it it's very like i would i would imagine very woman empowering uh drew barrymore's i mean like the cast the entire cast is great but i love drew barrymore and most yeah. everything she's in um elliot page again like it's she he's an amazing actor actor whatever I, I get my pronouns wrong forgive me um but yes I, I i give this movie a five it's a i um yeah i didn't want to play it because i figured it was going to get played by somebody you basically so 
And already played one Alien Page <laughs> movie, so like marriage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh well. All right, Dax, rip it to shreds. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> this movie is so stinking good. I I love I, as as you as you guys uh, obviously figured out. I love uh, an empowerment movie, whether it be the outsider, a woman, person of color, any 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 you know, under underrepresented people in especially Hollywood. Uh, I love when they get that. So Drew Barrymore is producing it. She's directing it. She's uh, co-starring, supporting, acting role in this. Uh, uh, the cast is really fun. Uh, my favorite little performance that is so good in the movie, but everyone doesn't really realize who it is, is uh, Andrew Wilson, the Luke and Owen Wilson's oldest brother is the coach yeah. on the team. And he is so funny. He's really good. And go watch it and then close your eyes and try to decide if he sounds more like Luke or Owen. And throughout the entire movie, you will have a hard time deciding <laughs> wow. which one he sounds more like. Uh, uh, yeah, his name's Rocket. Uh, it's, really, it's a really, really good movie. Daniel Stern pulls out a... Just unbelievable speech at the end of the movie uh, brings a tear to my eye every time. I have a daughter, um, uh, and I, lo I love this movie. I hope that she always feels supported by me the same way that uh, that the character of Bliss does in this. Um, another one where music plays a big element in it. It's really good soundtrack, uh, needle mm -hmm. drops, things like that. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I love this movie. Uh, 4.5. All right. Uh, wow. You guys are really talking this movie up. It's very good. Uh, that means that Whip It is going to get 16 points on the grayscale. It's uh, it's up there. It's, it's up on the top list right now. Um, all right. That brings us to Dax's second round movie. What do you got? Okay. Uh, I told you before, I'm, I'm absolutely just going to play what I want to play, and not, I'm not worrying about points even a little bit. Uh, 2017's Luca Guadagnino's Call Me By Your Name. Uh, I'm going to assume by the roaring applause that everyone has seen this. <laughs> uh, it's set in 1980s Italy. It's a romance between a 17-year-old student and the older man his father has hired as a research assistant. Uh, the 17-year-old is Timothy Chalamet. Army Hammer is the research assistant, and Michael uh, Stolberg is the father. Uh, this movie's set in Italy. It's absolutely beautifully shot. It's so gorgeous. Um, I like this movie a lot because it plays with sexuality. It plays with gender. It plays with all kinds of things. It plays with coming of age, sort of who am I going to be as a man? Who do I want to be? Who, sh who do my parents want me to be? What does society say? And then what am I comfortable with? And learning to be comfortable in your own skin in a way that you didn't know that you could. And nothing does that for more people than uh, essentially dating outside of what you think your status is, your level. And when you realize that people see you differently than you see yourself, that was incredibly transformative. Uh, it happened for me at a young age, you know, 15, and I had an older girlfriend for a year. And it was one of those stupid things where you go like, oh, my girlfriend's older, whatever. But 
it really changed kind of how I viewed myself as uh, as a person growing up, as a person of value, and uh, as much as we kind of you know may cringe at the idea of seventeen year old and a twenty two year old or whatever, um, I think that uh, some of those experiences, although they may not be forever loves, are very transformative. Um, there's a speech at the end of the movie by Michael Solberg uh, that I put right up there next to the uh, It's Not Your Fault speech in Goodwill Hunting. I mean, it is really that great. Uh, this movie was, uh, we have to do this year in movies at some point. This year is fantastic for movies. Um, it did win Best Adapted Screenplay. It deserved every bit of it. Uh, saw it in theaters on an Oscar marathon night. They did a, we're going to show five movies nominated for an Oscar in a row. And the two guys before me stayed for Darkest Hour uh, and Dunkirk and said they were leaving for the gay movie and they might be back for the post, which uh, wow. was pretty interesting in Houston, Texas in 2017. Uh, and they, wow. nev- they never came back. <laughs> so they spent their $70 and missed out on three other really great movies. So... Uh, Anyway, I think this movie's great. Timothy Chalamet is fantastic. Army Hammer is really good. I know he's a little bit of a problematic figure in Hollywood at this point, like a lot of people are. Uh, uh, this movie is worth a watch. It is worth your time. Uh, 100% five stars. Okay, call me by your name. Five stars. I have not seen this movie, um, but I've heard such great things. Uh, okay, Uh Dax gives it a five. I'll give it a 1.5. Omar, have you seen Call Me By Your Name? No, it's going to have to be a 1.5 from me as well. Is this movie going to end up being the second one where we get a six points for Dax? Oh my yes, God, Elizabeth it is. shaking her head. I have yes. not seen it either. Holy crap. The second movie that Dax has put up in a row uh, that's going to end up with 11 points. I'm now, I'm now like God. thinking maybe I should change my choice and see if I can get three in a row. I can get a turkey here. <laughs> Hey, what happens trick? if you get three in a row? Oh, that's you get like a, a ten point bonus. It's an automatic win. <laughs> automatic win. You, you lose the game is what happens. Uh, yeah, that's, that's really what happens. I'd like to go with the the German film from 1962. Uh, no. <laughs> oh goodness! All right, call me by your name is going to get eleven points. Uh, I'm sure it deserves much higher uh, by the sounds of it. So. Uh, that's going to move us. Oh, actually, let me do a, a, a recap here for round two. Uh, our top scoring movie was big with 18 points followed by school of rock with 17 played by Omar. Uh, Elizabeth played whip it, which got 16 points and Dax call me by your name with 11. Uh, that brings us to our final round. Uh, and Oh guys, this is so tough because at this point, I feel like I could bring out the big guns, do a movie that we've talked about and I know people like, or I could choose something obscure that really meant a lot to me and, and hopefully people will have seen it. Uh, okay. I'm going to go since, you know what, Dax, I'm following your lead. To say, if you go obscure, I'm going obscure too. So maybe that yeah, will balance that. things do out. Do the obscure. Go obscure. There's one movie though. I feel like has to be on here because it is, it is the ultimate coming of age movie just by by the way it was made uh but i don't know that i want to play it um oh my god okay i'm gonna go (laughs) 
And you can laugh if you want to. I'm going with a 1991 quirky and dark comedy uh, called Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. uh, (laughs) Which is directed by Stephen Herrick uh, and stars Christina Applegate. It's such a fun movie, okay? When their single mother goes on vacation for the summer, four siblings led by the oldest, 17-year-old Sue Ellen, are surprised to find that mom is leaving them with an ancient, cruel babysitter. Uh, When the babysitter dies very quickly after the mom leaves, uh, Sue Ellen uh, ends up having to fake a college degree and lands a job in order to support the family as they ditched the babysitter with all their money. Uh, She had all the the family's money for the summer on her. Um, The kids, you know, in the process of, uh, you know, trying to to figure out what to do here, they learn to clean up their act and work together uh, to support themselves as a family. Uh, And Sue Ellen truly becomes a responsible adult and finds love in the process. It's a really... Like, it's totally a movie of its time. It's a weird 90s movie. Like, it's so fucking 90s. Um, it's it's so much fun. Uh, I You know, there's... The acting is fine. It's, you know, nothing special. I think all the kid actors do well. Um, but it's it's got so much heart. And I love this movie so much. It's, uh, it's just so much fun. Uh, and it's one of the movies that whenever I think back on the movies I watched all the time as a kid, this is one of them. Uh, this movie truly molded me. I would give it a five on the grayscale. Has anyone seen Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead? We'll start with Omar. Yeah, I've seen it. The dishes are done, man. Dude, dishes are done, dude. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely seen it. Um, man, I it's surprising that it ends up on a list, but you know, if you're being you know true to like stuff that was molded you i guess i could see that i it's yeah. not it's not a bad movie but i haven't thought about this movie in forever <laughs> for it's been so long um i remember i enjoyed it for like uh, whenever i first watched it i remember like it being like surprisingly good uh it might have been because you said christina applegate she was uh had it was like one of her first movies she did from um, off of doing uh Married with Children, right? Yeah, I think this was like her big, you know, yeah. hey, I'm a going to be a movie star role or whatever. So, I mean, I think we have the same taste like in women or something at that age or something, Chris. Because <laughs> uh, um, I think that's more or less what drew me to the movie. But it was like better than I expected because like, you know, it was kind of funny and, you know, kind of drew you into like the whole like, okay, we're on our own now. Like, what are we going to do? Um, man, I'll give it a... Three. All right. Omar gives it a three. Elizabeth, have you seen Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead? I have not. <laughs> All right. Uh, Dax, by your, uh, of course, giving of the quote, uh, I, I see that you've seen it. What do you think about Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead? Uh, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead was on in my life, like, just uh incessantly it just existed in my day uh all the time growing up uh i don't know where it was on whether it was hbo or you know one of those sort of networks uh but i i just can't name the amount of times i've at least seen half of it i i I can't think of the amount of times i've seen like the opening credits you know yeah but it's just one of those movies that you just know all the lines for. It's always funny. And the idea of, like, what would we do if we were alone? Like, 
with my friends, with our siblings, like what, what would I do if mom disappeared and there was no one here to watch us? Um, uh, the other little subtext thing that I love about this movie that, uh, they don't talk about in the movie, but is definitely like over the whole movie is they're a, they're a fatherless household. Uh, there's, there's a little bit of a male structure that doesn't exist in their world and, uh, what these kids have turned out to be like, they're a little bit rougher around the edges. They haven't had, uh, 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 really, they really haven't had a a parent there at all because the mom is just constantly working and they're parenting themselves and doing a bad job at it. And to realize that they are more capable than they thought that they were or that they needed to be for a long time because they're now on their own was a really cool, uh, a cool part of the story that makes it, I think, a better movie than just, oh, it's funny, it's entertaining, it's whatever. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, for sure, it's, I'd give it a, a five. And, uh, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you, too, I-, I-, I skipped it before. Call Me By Your Name is my 14 all-time. Oh, wow. And then Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Like, this is how long my list is. Don't Tell Mom is uh, 412, but still on the list. <laughs> okay. So, <Right>. uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, lo- I love this movie. I watch it. I still watch it. Every- I- for sure, every year I watch it. And I- it's, on, uh, it's on HBO or Amazon recently. Uh, I don't know if it's still floating on one of those, but... God, this movie is so rewatchable and it's so it still holds up. There's so many lines. There's so many fun things. And second movie on this list with Josh Charles as well. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Kind of a yeah, weird, a weird actor from that period that is a little underrated. It's extremely cultured. Chris is what it is. I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's why it gets a five. Yeah, Josh yeah. Charles, the, the, the clown dog King. Uh, yeah. here. And the funny thing about this movie is like, I guess in the same vein as some of the other movies we talked about, the kids are actually more adult than the men in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the sleaze balls that Sue Ellen works with are just yes. awful, uh, just perverts. Like, um, you know, it, just male chauvinism in the eight, I guess like as a remnant of the eighties is really still kind of like flowing over into this movie since it's 1991. Uh, these dudes are probably coked out of their mind trying to get laid by any, you know, legs that walk around. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's gross, you know, but Sue Ellen swats them off like flies and it's, it's great. Well, the, the male in that movie is David Duchovny. That's right. Da- yeah. David Duchovny. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's one of them. And then there's another one that's, uh, I don't remember his name, but he was in the social network. He played one of the lawyers. Oh, I, know, I know who you're talking about. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, uh, really, really well done movie. And, uh, I, the tagline for this movie, let me just say real quick. is so funny. Uh, no rules, no curfews, no baths, no nagging, no pulse. <laughs> it's so stupid uh anyway i yeah i'm so happy that this movie got a 14.5 i can't believe it got that much i was expecting like a you know 11 or something because i didn't expect anyone else to see it so awesome very cool uh all right uh that's gonna bring us to omar's movie what do you got there omar Oh man, if that makes the top five list, that's a bit, that'd be great. I mean, just <laughs> such a such a cultured list. Um, let me see. I think I'm gonna follow suit with you guys and go with something that I don't know if anybody else has seen this movie. If not, I feel like you should have. I don't know if it's gonna hold up at all. It's a Kevin Bacon movie. We're not we're not talking about Tremors. 
<laughs> we're, we're, we're talking about wa- Hollow Man. White Water Summer. This came out in 1987. Um, has Sean Austin in it as well. Um, you know, as far as all you uh, Stranger uh, Stranger Things fans or Lord of the Rings, uh, Goonies, Goonie dude, Sean Austin. So anyway, so like he uh, really young in this movie. Uh, like I said, 87 is when it's set. The let me back this up a little bit so I can read the. The plot hero fast. Uh, the story of a shy boy who gets convinced by his parents to spend some time, uh, um, a few summer days in the mountains. He joins the group. Uh, the vacation begins, and unfortunately, things uh, turn out to be a little rough for our small friend. And so it just it follows this kid Alan who just knows that like he's gonna go to the woods and die. Um, he's he's kind of like Kevin Bacon plays cap counselor sort of role, who's kind of like leading this expedition. Uh, the whole time, Alan's not really trusting of this uh, camp counselor guy, leader, and come to find out like his suspicions are correct, and he has to like grow up really fast and figure out like a bunch of survivor skills and stuff to get himself back out out from this trip, and um, you know a lot of just near death experiences, maybe some actual death in there as well. It's uh, you know it deals with a lot, and it's got kind of like a it's weird. It's like I said, it's kind of heavy um, in a lot of areas, but very light in others. I don't know if that's just kind of a, a theme of like those style of movies at that point. But uh, yeah, I it definitely molded me as one of those movies that it, it sucked me in with like the mystery of it. Um, I think it's one of for myself. I mean, Kevin Bacon's been in a lot of stuff, but um, I think the character that he played in, in, in that movie was kind of like, terrifying if i'm gonna be honest you know it's just that like everyone thinks he's a good guy but deep down like he's like basically gonna bring these kids out in the middle of the woods and murder them so um but just by but he's just pushing them to like be men quote unquote you know and this guy alan's a small underdog so it's an underdog movie as well coming of age um i give the movie uh 4.5 all right uh whitewater summer is now on my list of movies to watch. I have not seen it, uh, so I can only give it a 1.5. Elizabeth, have you seen White Water Summer? I have not. Another 1.5. Is this going to be our third in a row? I bet Dax has seen it and hates it, so I won't get my six points. <laughs> I have seen it. Okay. Uh, um, it has a really uh, a cover of art that is very indicative of me walking around in the action uh part of the video store and seeing that and going like what is that like that looks intense like you know uh before i knew who kevin bacon was uh i remember his face on the box uh and i did go back and watch it after i fell in love with him in trimmers i started picking up anything (laughs) i saw him on the box of um this is an interesting movie uh where it's another one we've talked about this before in the past recently it just kind of doesn't exist anymore you would really have to go hunt to track it down um i haven't looked up if it's anywhere streaming or anywhere like that or even to rent or buy i'm sure it's probably somewhere um but uh yeah it's a it's if anything it's just an 80s movie that uh, they were making a lot of these like adventure sort of um, movies like that. 
And uh, Sean Astin is a good actor. I mean, even in this, you see him and you go, you know, he's never going to be the leading man Brad Pitt movie star, but he's just good in everything he's ever been in. Um, I would never have come up with this on a coming of age thing, but it's cool that it molded you and that it's gets to be talked about. I, lo- I love that. Um, didn't mold me. I, I, I honestly can barely talk about the details of the movie. Um, I know I enjoyed it when I watched it. Uh, I'm going to, because of all of that, I need to, stick with probably about a half about 2.5 because i i can't comfortably say a whole lot about it um but i would be happy to watch it again and if i do i'll let you know if i do it looks like you can watch it right now on voodoo or amazon prime you can rate it for 2.99 uh and youtube has it for 3.99 so uh you can see white water somewhere there i'm putting it on my list to watch there omar um i also enjoy a good kevin bacon film so um, that means that Whitewater Summer is going to get 10 points on the grayscale. So far, our lowest scoring movie, but that's, does hey, it's not over yet. <laughs> uh, Elizabeth, what is your, I guess, number one movie? Well, I, I'm going to go with another obscure one as well, because... I yeah, love this. You guys, I'm so glad we're doing this. Yeah, we need to... Bonus content, I will have all the things to say, but I'm going to say this one... This is a 2009 movie called An Education. You can currently stream it live, or you can currently stream it on Prime. It's set in suburban London in the 1960s and follows a girl played by Carrie Mulligan. She's a teenage girl growing up in the 1960s who goes to a girl's school, and she is one of the top students. She's a fantastic musician, plays classical music on her cello, um, and she's just a good girl. But her life changes with the arrival of a playboy nearly twice her age, played by Peter Sarsgaard. Um, Yeah, this movie... um, Again, I like period movies, and this is the 1960s, so you've got all the 1960s going on. Plus, it's in London, set in London, and then they end up going to Paris at one point. Um, Emma Thompson is in this as well as Rosamund Pike and Alan Alfred Molina. Molina, yeah. Um, and it's, it is the good girl be trying out just living and her parents think it's the worst thing ever. She ends up trusting the wrong people, but she doesn't know that at first because they at first seem like they're really great people. Um, and then she she ends up entering adulthood with some with a pretty loud crash and bang moments um, throughout the movie. It's I just love it. Um, it another tearjerker, but there's some fun parts and um, takes you on a little roller coaster ride. I really liked the acting of Carrie Mulligan. I thought did a really great job in it. So um, I really enjoyed this movie and I want to give it a five. All right. Uh, and education. Uh, I know that Dax loves him some, uh, some Molina. Uh, so we'll get to hear what he says about that here in a little bit. Uh, I really like Rosamund Pike a whole lot. And um, I want to watch anything she's in. Uh, just based on her performance in Gone Girl. Um, but I have not seen An Education, uh, and so unfortunately I can only give it the 1.5. Uh, Omar, have you seen An Education? No, I have not, so I'm also in the 1.5 camp. What's going to be so funny is if Dax hasn't seen this, but I have know he has. Have you seen it, Dax? Of course I've seen it. 
Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I yeah, I do. I love this cast. I uh, I I like Peter Sarsgaard. Uh, Carrie Mulligan's really uh, she's a great actress, and I will I'll kind of watch anything that she does. Um, from you know way back and more you know british heavy movies to anything she's doing now i think she's great um this movie is an interesting movie it's uh i i almost put it up on the religion one because the religion of both characters really plays prominently to the families of saying we're catholic he's jewish is this a good or bad thing there's a almost a like an element of uh he's a better person for you to be with because he's going to provide for you. And it's a weird, right. it's a weird dynamic going on with this thing where you're going, well, my family kind of thinks we're lesser than him, but they're kind of okay with that as long as I end up with him. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting dynamic. It's, it's not the main plot of the movie, but it's, it's definitely in there. Uh, I actually had a friend call me the other day and was like, I watched an education. Have you seen it? I think it's on, she think she said it was on Netflix. She goes, I'm so frustrated right now. What happened to this movie? Why is she with this older man? Why is he with this younger woman? Like, and she was just couldn't understand what was happening. Uh, and I had to be like, what, just cal- like, calm down, like, take a breath. And <laughs> it's just a movie. It's a period piece. Remember, it's not today. And she was like, oh, yeah, that's right. It was like the 60s, right? And I was like, yeah, it's in England. Yeah, that's a different culture. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I had to I had to talk her off a ledge from having a uh, existential crisis about watching an education. Uh, <laughs> it was really funny. Uh, I watched it when it came out. Uh, I need to rewatch it, but it's got a great cast, really great actors, uh, really, really good. Um, it is written by Nick uh, Hornby, um, and he wrote the book for About a Boy. Um, he's a really good writer. He's a really interesting uh, an interesting guy. He wrote the book for High Fidelity. Um, he wrote the book for Fever Pitch, which has been turned into an American and a British movie. Um, he's a really he's a really good writer. It's a really well written story. I really like it. I give it a four. All right, uh, that means that an education is going to end up with twelve points on the grayscale. Uh, that's going to bring us to our very last movie of the day, Dax. What do you got for us? This is uh, really surprising to me. Uh, so I, I, like I said, I'm just going to completely sabotage myself in, uh, (laughs) in, in points. Uh, I'm going to do 2015's Brooklyn. Um, Brooklyn is, uh, again, uh, Saoirse Ronan, uh, about an Irish immigrant who goes to 1950s Brooklyn, where she quickly falls into a romantic relationship with a local, um, and then, uh, spoilers, her sister dies back in Ireland, and she needs to go back and try to deal with all of that. When she goes back, everything she was missing and the reason that she left for Brooklyn is all of a sudden available to her. And she has to decide, am I an American? Am I Irish? Do I live the life in America that I built for myself while I was gone? Or do I give it all up and go back to the homeland? Um, Sorcerer Ronan gives a really 
incredible performance here. I remember walking out and just saying, like, I'm going to watch everything she does forever. She's that good in this movie. Uh, her significant other in America is Emery Cohen. Uh, uh, her Irish counterpart is Domino Gleason. Uh, Jim Broadbent plays the father in America that helps her get over. Um, it's funny. It's heartfelt. It's sad. It's really, really sweet. Um, it's a great love story, but it's also just a really great, beautiful movie. I've watched it a ton of times. I mean, it only came out in 2015. Funnily enough, written by Nick Hornby, who wrote An Education. So, uh, yeah, he got two on our list, the last two. Uh, it's my number 19 favorite movie of all time. And I really love this movie. Obviously, I'm going to give it a five. Uh, I assume no one's seen it. And I will take and my 11 and go home. <laughs> well, let's see. Now, wait a minute. You know Elizabeth loves her in Nick Hornby film, okay? Apparently. Uh, <laughs> Omar, have you seen Brooklyn? No, sir. All right. Uh, I have also not seen Brooklyn. Uh, Elizabeth, have you seen this? I have not seen this movie. <laughs> I can't believe it. And oh I my lose. gosh. Well, you lose, but I mean, <laughs> how crazy is it that on one category, you've gotten all six points because we haven't seen it for each movie, and each of your movies has a score of 11. That is incredible. And I don't they, think that'll ever happen again. No, and they're all, I mean, I could add, if I put my list of the my greatest movies of all time, if I total the number that they exist, it's under 100. Uh, wow. They all are in my under 100 movies, and so... Yeah, they're some of my yeah. very, very favorite, most important movies to my life, and uh, and and I I love this list, and I made this list partially because uh, I like to show that I wanted to show, and what I was realizing about myself is that I'm continuing to grow. I'm a 36 year old man that was watching Little Women in 2019 and finding out things about myself, and sure. I think that's important. I think it's important to continue to grow. I'd rather be someone that's capable of change than uh than not willing to be open to the world and so this movie absolutely changed my life uh i i suggest everybody watch it uh especially elizabeth i can't wait to talk about these three movies with elizabeth after she could do a, a backtrack episode if she could get to them <laughs> <laughs> i think it's so crazy that uh you know, a Greta Gerwig and uh Saoirse Ronan movie that didn't make this list. Uh, and there's like other movies. So I can't close. believe that are, I, I just can't believe they're not on this list. Uh, and, you know, we're going to talk about that in our honorable mentions. Uh, listeners, thank you so much for, uh, for being here with us today. If you want to hear our honorable mentions, uh, as well as other perks, you can always join our Patreon uh, at uh, movies that molded slash, or no, excuse me, Patreon slash movies that molded me. Uh, I guess we should probably talk about who won the game and uh, what the, the best movies were. Y'all ready for the list? I'm yeah, let's do it. this. Yes. Okay. I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, number five with 16 points is Whip It. Whip oh. It. Good. <laughs> Uh, at number four, uh, with 16.2 points, is another Elizabeth pick, Dead Poets Society. There we oh. go. Uh, in third place, Omar's pick with 17 points, School of Rock. Good job, babe. Nice. 
Another Omar pick in second place with 17.5 points is Juno. And in first place with 18 points is Big. Good job, Chris. That's a pretty cool list. I'd watch those movies. I need to watch Whip It. Yeah, you do. That's pretty good. Um, Well, all right. Let's talk about who won the game. Uh, In last place, I don't even think I really need to say much here. (laughs) With a piddly 33 points on the grayscale uh, is going to be Dax. Good job. (laughs) You're finally not in second place. Yes. That was my whole goal. That was your goal. Uh, in third place with 44.2 That's a big points jump. is, it is a huge <laughs> jump, <laughs> but, but Hey, but the rest of us are super close. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Uh, with, with 44.2 points is Elizabeth. Uh-huh. Oh, well. Followed by in third place with 44.5 points, Omar, which means, what did I say? Third? Yeah. Ah, second place, which means I won the game with 45.5 points. Playing, and I cannot believe this, uh, the way, way back, and don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. <laughs> but I did play big, which was the number one movie. So there you go. There you go. I'm stoked on it. I love it. Yeah, that was a big <laughs> Good win. Good game, guys. Good game. But I'm bumped. <laughs> <laughs> These are-